Hello, this is Roy Lilly. Well, here's a question for you. What do you read these days? I mean, read, not see on a laptop or tablet or phone. I mean, read. I mean, pick up a piece of paper with printing on it and read. Words on a page, books maybe, or a magazine. I'm not talking newspapers. I don't buy them anymore. That said, if I were to make an unsolicited unsolicited recommendation, it would be read the FT on Saturday. Buy it, read it, and tell me what you think. It's full of interesting stuff, and the supplements are super good. As for the rest, they come with an agenda, and they're tedious. Having got that off my chest... What do you read these days? I have one high spot in the month. I look forward to it. It's a magazine, glossy in full colour, and I read it, cover to cover the moment it arrives. Yank it out of the plastic cover, make a cup of builders and have an hour's me time. It's my GP racing magazine that gives in-depth coverage of the comings and goings of Formula One. Yes, I know in a world that's going green, the carbon footprint of a magazine is probably the same as an elephant. And F1 racing, well, hands up. It contributes 1.9 million tonnes of CO2 generally, uh, generated annually. And the, the fan impact is around 1.64 million tonnes. So you see, it's not the racing, it's the watching. So be like me, stay on the sofa and go green. I think the Mercedes team is carbon neutral already and the rest of the teams are there or thereabouts. The governing body, the FIA, announced the first barrels of 100% sustainable fuel made from bio-waste were delivered last December and commits them to becoming carbon neutral from 2021 and net zero by 2030. It's not perfect, but what is? There is no doubt that F1 is a perfect example of teamwork and there's a lot to learn from how they learn from things that go wrong. They have a totally transparent attitude to failure. However, as you know, I don't do sporting metaphors. The magazine is an easy read, paste, sprinkled with a bit of technology, a lot of nostalgia and plenty of news. The interviews are about old geezers who run the show, spectacularly young drivers who keep the show on the road, and sometimes off it. What's clear, there aren't enough women in F1. Why? I don't know. Almost single-handed, the Hamilton Commission is changing the BAME agenda with an apprentice scheme. I've followed motorsport since Uncle Les took me to the Crystal Palace racetrack to watch his mate John Surtees, race motorbikes. Since a lad in short trousers, I've been hooked. This month's reading delight had a special surprise for me. In one of the articles about something or other, there was a word I'd never heard of. I thought words were something of a specialty of mine. I thought I knew a few, but I didn't know this one. It leapt off the page. It's a splendid word that never in a month of Sundays what I have thought I'd find looking up at me from a page in an F1 magazine. I had to Google it. Irony of ironies. The word is adumbration. Adumbration, meaning a brief sketch or outline, a vague indication of what is to come. You don't see the word used very much because it's too hard to use. You'll find it in academic works. It's from the Latin. It's a verb, and umbrari, which in turn comes from umbra, meaning shadow. 
I think it's a perfect word to use about the uncertain, uncertain future of the NHS. No workforce plan, no recovery plan, inept political leadership, senior management confused and buffeted, swamped with demand, dysfunctional and juggling a new disorganisation. I can imagine crafting this wonderful word into a sentence, using it to dignify a paragraph. I use it in a question. Is there a member of the NHSE board, a politician that could adumbrate the future of the NHS? Or better still, a verb. In adumbrating the future of the NHS, I would say, well, there you are. Unfortunately, I'm not going to complete the sentence because I only get 700 words a day and I've run out. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.